Welcome to the fifth episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast. I am DeCarlo Calloway alongside Dorian. And on today's podcast, we're going to go over World Series, the super spreader event. Hang out on our own highly coveted HBP World Series MVP trophies. Talk hamstring muscles and science. And go flying with the fighter pilot who moonlights as a baseball player. So how you doing today, Dorian? I'm good. I'm not as well, not as great as last week because my Tampa Bay Rays lost the World Series. But I'm good. I'm uh, I'm, I'm happy right now. Mm. So what are you uh, what are you drinking today to you know pretty much bring you in that good state of mind considering that the Rays lost last night? What's going to help me is this beer. Shocking! I'm going to shock everyone right now. So I have a growler. I bought some beer and what I have is, and I'm going to open it with you. It's called a Florida's true blonde ale. It's from Tampa Bay brewing company in Tampa, Florida. It's a 32 ounce growler. We went over last week. What a growler is. It helps the beer stay fresh, no oxygen inside, what have you. What I like about Tampa Bay brewing company is that this local company primarily supports grassroots organizations in the greater Tampa Bay area that spearhead efforts to preserve and protect Florida's natural habitat, the diverse wildlife and marine. Because if you live in Florida or if you visited Florida, Florida is a place that you have to live outside because it's always such good weather or it's always raining or hurricanes. But nevertheless, I'm going to open this up right now and enjoy my Florida True Blonde Ale. So, and what are you going to have? What are you going to have today, DiCarlo? So being that, I am more in a low-key type of mind, mindset today. I am drinking a uh, Health Aid Kombucha, uh, jalapeno kiwi cucumber flavored. So for those who don't know what kombucha is, it's a bubbly fermented tea. It really is good for your probiotics. So pretty much helping to those inside bacteria that helps with digestion. Um, I really, really, really enjoy kombucha. It's really nice to have. Granted, Sometimes it can be a little bit pricey for those who don't necessarily know what it is. I'm pretty sure most of you do, considering that, you know, we try to stay up on our healthy things, especially most of our listeners. But uh, it's really good, especially the jalapeno kiwi cucumber. At first, the first time I came across this um, flavor, I looked at it and I was like, hmm, this sounds really interesting. And then when I bought it and had it for the first time, I was very impressed because it has a nice kick of jalapeno that sticks out but then the kiwi and the cucumber help settle it and bring it very nicely and it's not really grassy it, it has a nice effervescent uh taste and, and and feel to it when you drink it because of the peppery uh taste of the jalapeno along with the cucumber and kiwi so that is what i am drinking this uh afternoon and just for all of our listeners out there remember we want you guys to post pictures of you while you were watching the game or even when you're just, you know, thinking about baseball and having a nice drink. So please make sure that you share your pictures on our Twitter um, Twitter handle using the hashtag HBP drink. But remember, our Twitter handle is at HBP 4040. So let's talk about the World Series. So what are your thoughts and impressions of the overall series and how it transpired? As you can imagine, as a Tampa Bay Ray fan, I have a lot of thoughts. But 
we only have a little bit of a limited amount of time. So some of my impressions and thoughts when I had a moment to gather my thoughts, one was the amount of pitchers that Dave Roberts, the manager of the LA Dodgers, burned through seemingly every game. Uh, every game, it seemed, and every five minutes, Dave Roberts is coming out to get, get someone else in the bullpen. I was like, this is not sustainable. I, I think it was in game three that he burned through four, four pitchers in four innings. It's like, how are you doing that? And then in another game, they, they I think they set some record by X amount of pitchers before you got X amount of outs. You know, baseball has really funky with their stats. But the amount of pitchers that the, that the Los Angeles Dodgers used. Another thought that I had, another impression was how good – Walker Bueller, the young stud pitcher from the LA Dodgers is. That guy, this whole playoff has just been shut down. He is the ace of the Dodgers. He's going to be a future Cy Young winner. And the Dodgers are going to get scarier because they already have future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw on there. They have Walker Bueller. And now they have this young Mexican pitcher, Julio Diaz. He was awesome. He was the one that that closed out game... uh, Game six, and, and you know, I think he also won game three. The guys shut down. A couple more thoughts. I actually was surprised by the amount of stolen bases both the teams had. I mean, for the year 2020, there were seven total stolen bases, five by the Dodgers, two by the Rays. But the way baseball's played nowadays, you don't see, you don't see these analytical teams taking that risk of having someone run the bases. And it was exciting. It was almost like the days of Ricky Henderson. Because he would steal a base every single night. He was awesome. And I'm sure a lot of America is, is happy about this. Some, some, some Americans, because as DeCarlos said, some of you are health conscious. Taco Bell gave out free tacos because there is actually a stolen base at the World Series. So if you're, if you're able to partake and enjoy that free Taco Bell, good for you. But uh, I, I, I passed on that one. And lastly, my other, the last, one of the last impressions I had was how good the Dodgers bullpen was in the World Series. I still hold that the Rays bullpen is much better. But in these six games, the Dodgers bullpen was just flat out better than the Tampa Bay Rays and LA Dodgers, World Series champions. How do you think they came across that, Carlo? Like, how in the world did they get there? Um, by being a great team. I mean, they were hungry. They, it, it's not as though the team hasn't been stacked for greatness for quite some time. It just, everything needed to click at the right time, and it did this time. Um, I have to say, for one, at least I got to give myself credit, I predicted the Dodgers in six, and I was right. Um, and just thinking about the impressions of the whole series, too, I have to say it was really a well-balanced series. It was, it was the typical... I wouldn't say typical. It's the type of World Series of two like teams who truly are there to play the game. It wasn't one team dominating the other. It was a back and forth. And, and it was really dominated by pitching. Like you said, it was interesting to see how Dave Roberts was pretty much throwing everything at the Rays, but you needed to because the Rays' offense was – it was good. They, they were able to grind out wins when they needed to. Um, for one, I got to give credit to Rosarita. Uh, the player for the Tampa Bay Rays, man, he 
he's a player, and I know the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are kicking themselves about giving him up, just like the Red Sox should be kicking themselves about giving up Mookie Betts because those two players are going to definitely be uh, they're going to be linchpins for those teams in the future. Um, but then you you got to go back to the Dodgers and their pitching, their bullpen. Uh, you know, Bueller, like you said, he's a stud. He's definitely going to uh, develop into a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And it doesn't help that he has a future Hall of Famer and Clayton Kershaw to pretty much mentor and help him get there. And um, and then having a World Series under under this team's belt is going to provide them with the confidence to go into next season really showing that they're dominating. The National League is going to be good. For sure, we saw, you know, we see the, the Padres, you see, um, you know, the, the Reds, uh, the Braves, all these other young teams who are going to come back hungry. But the Dodgers, you know, they have a solid squad and they're only going to get better, especially if they, you know, maintain their um, key players, pick up free agents from here and there. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, too, if they make any moves to try to uh, maintain that strength within their team or if they think, you know, think doing some deals to, you know, switch it up a little bit might help them in the future. But not just about the Dodgers. You got to give kudos to the Rays. They were good apart from a few, you know, I would say managerial moves, especially in game six, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, you know, they had an opportunity, but the better team won. And so thinking about, say, the World Series and MVPs or, or, or players who really stuck out to you. who, who The would coveted. You- the yeah. coveted right. HBP MVP trophies mm. that uh, are backlogged and have not been delivered yet. If you've been listening to the first four episodes of HBP, you know that this is a science podcast masquerading as a baseball podcast. My MVP, I'm going to say three things. There's one man's biceps femoris longus, the semi-tendulensus, the semi-membranosus, what we're talking about here, folks, hamstring muscles. The MVP, my MVP of the 2020 World Series was G-Man Choi's hamstrings. Oh, my God. If you didn't see this World Series, if you even missed a couple of these games, homeboy is amazing. I want to know. He's G-Man Choi. He's 29-year-old first baseman from Incheon, South Korea. He's bounced around all over, all over the place. I want to know his stretching routine, his yoga instructor. There were some plays that he made which were outrageous. It was like he showed why baseball players are athletes. And a lot of times baseball players aren't seen as athletes. They aren't seen as a basketball player that were able to jump 10 feet or a football player that can pack on pounds and, and, and move like an like a, like a Olympic sprinter. I'm going to give you two examples. In game three, the top of the fourth, when the Dodgers were up at bat, he did the complete splits from first base to catch the ball and tag out the eventual uh, media's MVP, Corey Seager. It was amazing. Same game, top of the eighth later. An errant throw, G-Man Choi has to jump up into the air, catches the ball with his glove, and on the way down, he tags out L.A. Dodgers right fielder, Mookie Betts. It was amazing. I I have been impressed by this guy all season, and his defense has only improved. So 
again, the MVP is science of <laughs> the MVP is not science. The MVP is G Man Choi's hamstrings. Look this man up on YouTube. J I M O N C H O I. G Man Choi hamstring. Yeah. So that's my MVP. Who who are you gonna give your coveted MVP award to? Well, before I move on to that, I have to sit back and say that uh, G-Man Choi, the only other person I would say whose hamstrings kind of competed was, if you guys remember, Hideki Matsui, who used to play for the Yankees. <laughs> uh, that dude's hamstrings were killer, too, back in the day. But, yeah, G-Man Choi, he is, he's a force, and he's a really good player. And, yeah, I would, I would also second that motion in terms of uh, YouTube and him and seeing what he's all about. Um, I'm pretty, I'm keeping it pretty conventional. I'm giving it to Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. He did what he needed to do as the stud of that rotation, getting the strikeouts, putting in the innings, and doing everything that the team leader needed to do in order to make sure that his team got to where they needed to go. Um, you know, he didn't strike out 15 players like I predicted, but he was pushing all, you know, last night, I believe, not last night, excuse me, his, uh, Last game, which was game five, I believe he picked, uh, picked up nine K. So he still has that strong fastball wicket slider. Finally got his World Series, which he definitely deserved as an ace in the lineup and just one of the best players in Major League Baseball. So MVP, World Series, Clayton Kershaw, LA Dodgers. So who is your World Series least MVP and why? Look, I'm, I'm going to share with everybody here that this – particular segment i lifted this particular segment work that we called the lmvp as DeCarlo just said the least most valuable player <laughs> i lifted this from one of my favorite podcasts an atlanta braves podcast called uh, atlanta baseball atlanta baseball talk those guys are amazing they've been they've been going on for 13 years and they're actually uh, they're actually closing up shop so they only have one episode left and they're retiring they're just going off into the sunset nevertheless my least MVP of this was the six foot eight Nordic giant. I went over to him last week, Tampa Bay Bray pitcher, Taylor Glass. Now he started in game one. He started in game five. He lost both games. It's normal. You're not going to win every single battle, every single competitive thing you do. The way he lost it is the reason why I'm saying he was the least MVP for the Tampa Bay Rays, he pitched a total of 9.1 innings. He gave up 10 runs. That's basically one run, an inning that he's out there. He walked nine batters. You can't be giving out free passes to any team, much less a team as talented as the Los Angeles Dodgers. He did strike out 15 batters, but handing out nine free passes to get on base giving up 10 runs. I, um, he was so bad, so bad. And I had so much hope after game one, when I saw that he was, when I saw that Glasnow was lined up to pitch for the Rays in game five, I'm telling you right now, as a Rays fan, I said, we're losing this game. And sure enough, he ended up giving up four runs in game five and the, the Rays lost. And it's just so disappointing. This guy is incredibly talented, but he just, not, he, he hasn't, he hasn't had a good, outing since October 9th. That's back when he pitched against the New York Yankees two rounds ago. So Taylor Glass now is not the reason why the Rays lost, but he's one of the reasons why they didn't win the World Series. And that's Mr. Glass now, you're my LMVP. 
DeCarlo, who's your LMVP? So mine is not a P, it's ML, MVM, you know, least Kevin Cash, manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. The moment he pulled Blake Snell, who was throwing a very good game, got five and a third innings in, and he pulled him with nine strikeouts, mind you, and he was willing to deal and the game was really close, pulled him because he was like, oh, you know, Snell already went through the lineup twice. I don't want him to go through it a third time. I'm sorry. It's game six. You're possibly going to lose this game. It's not as though they were up 3-2 and had the, the leeway to kind of take it a little bit easier on their star pitcher thinking about game seven. Like, I, I see the rationale in the move of you, you don't want the Dodger, you don't want their hitters because going through the, lot, the lineup twice, they're a really great team, good hitters. You don't want them to start catching what he's doing. But when it is your ace in an elimination game where you possibly are going to be eliminated, why do you take him out in that moment? That was the dumbest thing he could have did. It was a risk and it backfired like drastically because as soon as he pulled Schnell, the bullpen came in and threw the game. It's just what it was. And that alone was not a good move. Granted, if it worked, then we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Wouldn't be going on about how that was a terrible managerial move. But sometimes, especially when it comes to championships, you can't look at the Sabre metrics all the time. You can't play money ball all the time. You need to just go with what is working. And if your ace is wheeling and dealing, let him finish that inning. Then you go to the bullpen because you're totally throwing off the momentum. Unless he starts giving away runs, unless he's starting to give away hits, then you start making a move. You get the bullpen started because, of course, you want to be prepared, but you don't do it when he's already on fire. That was just a stupid move, and that truly probably was the the move that cost them that game and the series. So, Kevin Cash, you are the least NVM at this point. Sorry, Carl, dude. Carl, I'm I'm going to – I'm going to give you a slight rebuttal. I do agree with you that he pulled him too early. And obviously, if you go on Twitter, if you go on the internet, there's the, there's going to be a million articles about this decision. And there was an article in The Athletic today basically saying that Mookie Betts was happy when they pulled uh, Blake Snell because Blake Snell, as you said, he, look, Blake Snell dominated the LA Dodgers in game six. They had two weak hits. He struck out, I think, to Carlos had nine batters. They just could not lay a glove on him. And when I, I said, as long as Snell, when Snell was in the game, the Rays were only winning one nothing. And I said, as long as Snell is in there, the Rays might just end up winning this game one nothing. But Cash is dis- Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, is not the reason why the Rays lost this. Just like I was saying about Taylor, Tyler Glasnow, is not the reason they lost. But the decision is part of the reason they didn't win. Look, the Rays didn't win this World Series not because of cash or the pitchers. The Rays didn't win the World Series because the offense was absolutely putrid. Putrid. I'm going to give you an example. Game five, bottom of the fourth, the Rays are at bat. They have a runner on first and third base, no outs. Rays do not score a run. This is an echo of the song that I made up last 
episode when the Braves kept loading the bases and not having any have, have any runs. The Atlanta Braves not having any runs against the LA Dodgers. The Rays don't score a run. Bottom of the fourth, game five. The Dodgers end up winning that game four to two. You're not going to tell me a couple of those runs wouldn't have made a difference in that game? Of course it would. Look, in game six, when the Dodgers clinched, they only scored three runs. The Rays couldn't score a run. They had that home run by Arusurena, who was lights out in this in this postseason. He had 10 home runs. He's the only run that they had, that the Rays had in game six. Willie Adamas, who I love, the star shortstop of the Tampa Bay Rays, he was putrid at bat. He hit in the World Series 143. He had three hits out of 21 attempts. He didn't walk once, not once. The Rays as a team hit 216. We talked about this a few episodes ago. The Rays against the Houston Astros as a team hit 201. That same cruddy offense continued in the World Series hitting 216. The Rays offense cost them the World Series, not Cash's decision. But what I'm going to tell you, we're going to continue to talk about decisions and crazy decisions. Let's talk about Justin Turner, the third baseman for the L.A. Dodgers. If you haven't heard about this, which I'm sure you have if you're listening to this science-slash-baseball podcast, Justin Turner was diagnosed as having COVID-19 positive in the middle of Game 6. Rob Manford, the Major League Baseball commissioner, called up one of the owners of the L.A. Dodgers and the general manager, and they immediately had Justin Turner pulled. They put him in a locker room in some room by himself and told not to come out. Lo and behold, the Dodgers win the World Series. Everyone's jumping on each other. They have the T-shirts, the ugly hats. It was surprising to a lot of people to see Justin Turner on the field after he was told by Major League Baseball security, do not come out. It was ill-advised for him to come out. Uh, He ended up hugging Clayton Kershaw, uh, DeCarlo's MVP, he put his, ba- his COVID bacteria all over the trophy. Uh, I understand. It's the excitement of having your first World Series. You, it's the fear of missing out. And Justin Turner had a very good World Series. He would have been probably my MVP, not Corey Seager. Justin Turner played amazing through the World Series. On the flip side, you can say, Turner may have had already exposed other players to COVID, their test may have just not come back, or maybe they they, they were they were false uh, false negatives. So you can say, well, he's around people that he was already going around every single day for the past three weeks. So what does it matter? Well, it's not just the players that he's with every day. He's what about the families that are there? What about the Dodgers personnel? What about their families? And we're not talking about talking about a deadly disease and and and, and everyone's going to die if you have COVID nineteen. But we don't know the long term repercussions. I just thought it was ill-advised, irresponsible. Um, even Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts was quoted after the game when they asked him, so Justin Turner, COVID-19, and he's on the field. How do you feel about that? Mookie Betts said, quote, he's part of the team. Forget all that. He's part of the team. We're not excluding him from anything, end quote. That's, on the one hand, that's awesome. That's your teammate. He's got your back. On the other hand, he may have been drunk, and I'm not saying off of champagne, but just drunk off of the euphoria of just winning the World Series. Uh, 
my last thought about this is you're going to tell me that Major League Baseball had zero positive COVID-19 tests for 54 consecutive days. And then magically, in the middle of game six, there's one positive? Come on. What else are you hiding, Commissioner Rob Manfred? I, I don't believe it for a second. Now, uh, let me my, jump in. Uh, go for it. One, he's a giblet head. I don't care what anybody tries to say. It's a disease that's killed over 227,000 people. And the fact that he couldn't maintain a certain level of self-control, I get it. You win the World Series. You might not win the World Series ever again. I, I get the excitement about it. But we've literally shut down the world as a result of this pandemic. And one of the main reasons why people continue to get sick is because of idiots like this who can't sit back and have a level of self-control. So I, I, I can't, I'm not going to give any excuses. All right, Mookie Best, yeah, that's our teammate, all of that. But he won't be singing that same song and dance if he found himself in the hospital and then with some long-term disease that literally makes him not able to play anymore and then his career is screwed. So I, there's no excuse. And let me read the statement Major League Baseball just issued earlier today regarding the situation. So, quote, immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered, leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Turner was placed into isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. While a desire to celebrate is understandable, Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk. When MLB security raised the matter of being on the field with Turner, he emphatically refused to comply. I'm sorry, that is not good. We get it, you're excited, but you put countless people at risk, especially when you know that you're positive. You know, there are certain things that with certain diseases now that you have to, you know, would say like HIV for speaking, you, if you know that you're positive, you have to inform say partners or anybody that you could potentially, um, you know, transmit the virus to otherwise, you know, you could be charged for, you know, in civil cases as well as criminal liable cases. I told you people, this is a science podcast masquerading as a baseball podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) we're joking. We love baseball and we also are interested in other things. But, but his decision to do that was just completely reckless. I think that he should be hit with a super fine for that because, you know, and even some game suspensions because you can't do that. You don't sit back and, and, and think that it's just completely just because you, when you disregard everything after testing positive, you might be okay. That's fine. But you don't know how anybody else is going to react to the situation. And though many people are able to survive it, there are many who don't. And that was just completely reckless and I think he's a complete giblet head for doing that. And I, I've lost respect for him. Granted, he it, did have a killer season, like killer series. And it's sad. And, and it's unfortunate that in the last game, in the clinching game, he, you know, had to be pulled because of that. But such is life. Get over Justin it. Turner knows better. He could easily think back to last week when the LA Dodgers played the Atlanta Braves, the presumptive National League MVP, first baseman from the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Freeman, he had COVID-19 at the beginning of the season. He was, he, I think he had a 104, 105 degree 
temp, uh, fever. He was in bed. He, I think he went to the hospital and he, he said, he admitted he prayed that he wouldn't die because he didn't want to leave his wife and their son uh, basically alone. Uh, it was awful what Freddie Freeman went through at the beginning of the season. Thankfully, he recovered and he had a crazy, crazy good season. But I'm going to say this last thing is that people are giving a lot of crap to Commissioner Rob Manfred's office, which they should, as well as some of the L.A. Dodgers. I'm going to give you a, a theoretical thing that happened. Forget about Justin Turner. What if, what if Yasiel Puig, what if Manny Machado, two very polarizing but highly talented players, were to pull exactly what Justin Turner did? Can you imagine the outrage against those players? People aren't really that upset at Justin Turner. People are more upset at Major League Baseball security or the LA Dodgers organization. But Justin Turner, like, ah, you know, give him a pass. He's a good guy. He, he played for the New York Mets, which was an awful organization, and he's played well this season. If Manny Machado or Yasiel Puig had done this, oh, my God, it would be the end of baseball as we know it. So we're disappointed in Justin Turner, and that's it. I, I don't know what else to say. So it's um, on that bright note – because we couldn't tell that he was going to be COVID-19 positive. But what we can do is look back. Moving on to our Miss Cleo segment, we can look back at our predictions from last week. And DiCarlo had mentioned that part of his predictions last week came true because the LA Dodgers did win. He predicted that the LA Dodgers would win in six games, and they did. Another prediction was that Kershaw was going to strike out 15. He didn't. He also predicted that squirrels were, in, were going to interrupt <laughs> squirrels were going to interrupt three separate games of the World Series, and murder hornets were going to invade the field. So, what do you have to say for yourself, to Carlo? Um, I was one out of what? What out of three? One four. out of four. One, one out, out of four. four. I mean, but on the murder hornets, at least they discovered a murder hornet's nest, so that they try to eradicate it. Those things are scary looking. Wait, are you serious? They actually found the murder, hor- murder yeah, hornet's nest at the, mur- the ballpark. No, not at the ballpark. Oh. But I'm just saying, in the United well, States, like in your neighborhood. <laughs> no, oh, I think somewhere out west. I think in like uh, Washington or something. Okay, so far away from Arlington, Arlington yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but at least you know I was correct in terms of the Dodgers taking it in six. So. You know, looking at yours, there were yeah. carpenter bees, unfortunately. Okay, so my prediction was that I said that a swarm of carpenter bees, which are native to Arlington, Texas, were going to momentarily momentarily stop game two. Didn't happen. And that the Rays were going to win the World Series in seven games also didn't happen. But I'm going to give some credit to both to Carlo and I because – if you didn't notice, in game six, at the bottom of the fifth, when the L.A. Dodgers were up at bat, center fielder Cody Bellinger was at bat. And a wasp flew in his face, and he swung at it. And it temporarily halted play. So both of us almost got it right. We just picked the wrong insect. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. But, you know. We were close. But anyway, before we move forward, we got to give a shout out to our show sponsors. And today's sponsor is Funko Land. So for those gamers out there who have accumulated and piled up, 
games that you no longer play that are just sitting around gathering dust. You can take them to Funkoland, sell them, get a little profit and use that towards more new exciting titles that are coming out. Keep in mind, there are, you know, you still got your PlayStation 1 game titles that are out there, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, and now PlayStation 5 coming out. So think about all of those games that you have just accumulated all of these years that are just sitting there. You can make a profit off of them. You could use that towards your next new console, which, you know, come in November, we got the new ones coming out, and I know everybody is going to be interested in probably trying to purchase them. So remember, Funko Land is there to help you out by buying your games. So Funko Land, more games, half the price, tons of fun. So moving on, what is some solicited, unsolicited advice you want to provide our listeners? You know, considering as the or, or the universe, or, or the, the universe, universe in general, or yeah, you know, so, some thoughts that have been brewing in the back of my mind. I uh, we all know. It's election season in the U.S. It's presidential election year. And everyone's going around showing off their I voted stickers. What we at HBP are going to ask all of you is to share the podcast with one other person. What we want to see is not I voted stickers, but you should absolutely vote. What we want to see is everyone downloading the HBP podcast on their phones. So remember, please share the podcast with one other person. But in an election year, there's always topics. There's always controversy, misstated quotes. And what I've noticed is that the issue just before the election is something to do with Pluto. And I have an issue with NASA and with the famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Now, Dorian, why is this a problem? What's wrong with you, man? Look, the reason why Pluto is a hot topic today, right now, the week before election, is that NASA's Webb Telescope is going to examine Pluto and Charon in 2021, in a few months, to learn more about how the solar system was formed. Now, Dr. Tyson and I are, are diametrically opposed on this issue. When I grew up, Pluto was a planet. Now, Dr. Tyson and NASA are saying Pluto is not a planet, and this has been the case since 2006. What's, why is that? What's the, why isn't Pluto a planet? Because, quote, Pluto hasn't cleared the neighborhood around its orbit of other objects. End quote. Neighborhood? You're talking about the Kuiper Belt, which is made up of millions of icy objects. Let me tell you, if elected president... Pluto will once again join the pantheons of planets and be restored to its rightful place as the ninth planet in the solar system. I'm Dorian, and I approve this message. Look, folks, I'm going to give you some fun facts about Pluto. The surface temperature on the planet Pluto is between negative 378 Fahrenheit to negative 376 Fahrenheit, or for you fancy people, negative 228 Celsius between negative 238 Celsius. And one day on Pluto lasts 153 Earth hours or almost six days. Now, I'm never going to be teleworking from Pluto because those days would be, would be forever. But uh, again, Pluto will be a planet again one day. Share the podcast. It's election season. What do you think about that, DeCarlo? 
Well, my unsolicited advice is, of course, share the podcast. Pluto isn't a planet, so get over yourself. And secondly, uh, go vote like (laughs) democracy depends on it, because it does. Also, just remember, if you're standing on one of those long lines, uh, you might get some free pizza or maybe even a cookie. Yesterday, I got a cookie. I got a cookie from Mariska Harkate, who plays Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU, thanking me to vote. Granted, I have to say this in a little bit of critique, and this is going to probably sound pretty bad and condescending. It's really pitiful how people have to kind of, uh, (laughs) with stickers, as well as other goodies, to get people to participate in their civic responsibility. I shouldn't be lauded to go and vote. This is just something I should do. And I find it comical how many people post videos or pictures of themselves with their I voted sticker. Like, are we still five? Do I, do I need like a golden star? Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And so, I'm going to cross-examine you. Did you share the podcast with Miss Law and Order? No, because she was kind of keeping You hypocrite! Oh, please, man. I was thinking about voting. <laughs> I got a good, nice cookie. And so, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, anyway, go vote. Vote like democracy depends on it because, you know, in this case, depending on what side of the argument you want, we all think it does. So go vote. We all have our preferences. Doesn't matter. We're Americans. We don't have to agree on who we want to run the country. We just should agree on the shared values, morals, and ideals of this country. So please, if you want our democracy to be healthy, thriving, make sure you vote. Otherwise, and if you want to make sure that baseball comes back next year, Vote. If you if you are in favor of oxygen going into your lungs, vote. If you're in favor of us having a drink while we podcast, vote. Yes. So on that note, uh, we got a little Houdini watch sighting. So who who is your Houdini this time around that you've seen, Dorian? I'm stretching this segment. It's it's not really a Houdini sighting because I I've actually never heard of this player. But I'm sticking him in. I'm sticking him in here, anyways. So the Houdini, oh hey, there's that guy segment. Usually is some guy you forgot about. He's been bouncing around, and you randomly see him on TV. In this case, the hero of Game Four, Brett Phillips from the Tampa Bay Rays, pinch hitter. He had the winning hit that drove in that crazy ending for game four and the Tampa Bay Rays managed to tie the series at that time, two games apiece. What I like about Prep Phillips is that he never even thought that he would be in the position to be a hero. He had, in this postseason over the past month, he's had three at-bats. As a Tampa Bay Ray fan, I don't even remember this guy this whole season. I didn't even know he was even existed. God bless him, his family. He comes from Seminole, Florida, so he's a Florida boy. And, DeCarlo, you're going to like this because we love our 80s music. We love 80s music as well as 80s movies. Brett Phillips' middle name is Maverick. You know who else is named Maverick? Another great American hero who voted at every single election, local, statewide, whatever. U.S. Navy fighter pilot Pete Maverick Mitchell also known as the guy that Tom Cruise played in the movie Top Gun. He was a tremendous student at the United States Naval Elite Fighter Weapons School, and he ended up, he, he, he was on a motorcycle, 
He got the girl. He was the top gun in this case. At the end of game four, Brett Maverick Phillips was the top gun for the entire Tampa Bay Rays. So congratulations to Brett Phillips having the winning hit in game four. And I hope to see more of you, Mr. Maverick, next year. Part of me wants to even start an 80s podcast, but uh, an eight, yeah, the 80s podcast, but um, we might end up calling it after Brett Phillips. So that's my Houdini. There's that guy. You stupid. <laughs> Why are you hating on 80s movies? Why are you hating on motorcycles? Why are you hating on Tom Cruise? Why are you hating on Tampa Bay Ray? I've never said anything about bad about motorcycles. I love motorcycles. But anyway. <laughs> no, it's interesting to see when the, the new Top Gun movie is going to come out. I don't know why they waited like 35 years. but It's going to be horrible. Oh, it's it's going to be horrible. Oh, it's going to be terrible. But anyway, before we uh, kind of sign off, we want you guys, we want to remind you guys that, uh, you know, we are not only about the drinks and the baseball. We're about our furry friends, our pets. So, we want you, we always encourage you to please post a picture of you and your pets watching baseball, enjoying a drink, or just hanging around in a park on your couch. So please share it. I recently shared a picture of our mascots, the parakeets. So please, we want you to do the same. So tweet your photos of you and your pets using our Twitter handle at HBP4040 using the hashtag, using the hashtag HBP pets, H-B-P-E-T-S pets. So that's about it for this week's podcast. We want to thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Definitely make sure that you share it to anybody. Tell them, hey, Amazing baseball podcast out there with these two amazing strat- science podcasts. Oh, science history, uh, all over. You're, you're not just learning about baseball; you're learning about a lot of knowledge, and it's it's discussed between two debonair strapping individuals. So please make sure that you subscribe and share the podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at HBP forty forty, and our drinks will be in the show notes. So join us again next time where we will have another episode of HBP discussing the off season next week. We're going to do the wrap up of the season and fear not baseball fan. We have plenty to talk about during the off season because just because major league baseball is over doesn't mean that they're not playing baseball anywhere. And we have plenty lined up for you over the off season. Yes, that is for sure. We got, we're going to be examining the hot stove. So looking at all of the moves that will be taking place, because be sure there will definitely be moves taking place. The award, the off, you know, off season awards that we're going to have to look at. Then we got the winter leagues as well as the Asian leagues. Let's keep in mind, baseball fans who was watching baseball, watching the Korean baseball leagues during the initial lockdowns. I was because Sports is what helps us get through a lot of our hard times. So even during the winter months, when some of us might be watching, you know, football or whatever the case may be, we know our true baseball heads will be spanning the globe, watching all the baseball that they can and seeing the next possibly great import to the major league, to the major leagues. So join us again next time. It's been great having you and we will talk to you again next week. Take care. 